So this summer, my family rented a cabin down in Georgia, just a little cabin, uh, and it was a lot of fun, several days, we, uh, we just enjoyed it. But there was one night where something kind of, uh, kind of ridiculous and funny happened to me. Maybe you can relate with it. So let me see if you've ever had a story like this. So this is what happened. I got up in the middle of the night. It was pitch dark, because we're in the woods, right? There's no light coming in the windows. And I couldn't see, but I got up because I had to go to the bathroom, right? That's what you do in the middle of the night. So uh, I somehow made it into the bathroom and I did what I went in there to do and it was all good. But the problem was I didn't turn on the light because my wife was sleeping in the bedroom right next and I didn't want to wake her up. And so, you know, to be a considerate husband, I didn't turn the light on. And so I walked into this pitch dark bathroom and when I finished, I kind of turned around and it's the middle of the night and I was half asleep and I was, I was lost. I was completely lost. I was like, Oh no, and I didn't know which way the door was. So <laughs> I'm in an unfamiliar bathroom in the middle of the night, half asleep in the woods in Georgia, and here I am lost in a bathroom. And I'm like, okay, I- I've been here before, right? I've been in a dark room before, so I start feeling around. I can't, it's kind of a big bathroom. I couldn't reach the walls for, from standing still. So I was like, it's okay, I can make it. I kind of, I think the door's that way. I didn't even know which direction the door was. I take a few tentative steps. And I get a little, and I'm like, okay, I don't want to run to the wall. So I stick my arm out and I wave it around like this. I'm like, okay, we're good. So then I just confidently full force take one big step and bam, I ran face first, my forehead into the door frame. Apparently what happened was uh, when I stuck my arm out, I was at the door and I was waving into the bedroom and the door frame was like two inches in front of my face. The worst part is I was all by myself in the dark. Uh, I, I, it was briefly, it was not dark. I saw stars. It was like, boom, but that didn't help me see. And I couldn't, I, I, I was between laughing and crying and confused. And uh, the good news is I found the doorway. Uh, the bad news is I didn't know how to get to the bed. So I said, Lindsay can wake up. I'm turning the light on. Uh, so <laughs> I got back in there. Oh my goodness. Uh, you ever run into stuff in the dark? It's no fun. Uh, it is okay to have dark at sometimes. Like dark is useful in some settings, sleeping. It's good for dark. Uh, There are people who like grow mushrooms for like your salads and your pizza. I think they use dark for that. That's pretty good. Dark is good if you're watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy all back to back to back. You need lots of good dark room to watch. But for most things, you need light. For most things, light is super helpful. Behind me, I've lit some candles because this is one of, you know, our world's oldest form of light that we can bring into a home. And this morning, I have some simple thoughts that I'd like to share about light. Every year at Christmas, I take time to talk about this very simple message. It hasn't changed in eight years. Actually, this is our ninth Christmas, I think. Jesus is the light of the world. That's the message of Christmas. And if we haven't got it in through our head yet, we're going to look today at a different scripture to study it one more time. Uh, if you've got a Bible, go ahead and grab it and look at the book of John, the gospel of John in the New Testament, chapter one. We're going to be starting at verse one. If you don't have a Bible, we've got free Bibles you can have. They're at the doorway. You saw the angel run and get one earlier. Uh, and so get one, just use it for the service if you want to, or keep it. It's yours. Or if you want to grab it on your way out, write your name in the front cover. It's yours. We love to give away Bibles. Um, but I want to read, I'm going to start just with the first six words of this verse. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, just the first six verse, words, the first six words. In the beginning was the Word. Anybody familiar with this phrase? In the beginning was the Word. There's actually two phrases in this six words that I want to break down, and, and they are this. The first phrase is, in the beginning. So as the Apostle John wrote this, there's no doubt in my mind that he was thinking of another book. Do you know of another book of the Bible that starts with the phrase, in the beginning? What is it? 
Genesis, the book of Genesis, the very first book in the Bible. It's the beginnings of creation. And so when John writes in the beginning, there's no question in my mind that he's very intentionally calling back to the book of Genesis because he wants us to make a connection in our mind about something. What happened in the first chapter of Genesis? Does anybody know? Creation. Yeah, creation happens. Creation. Don't forget that. The second phrase I want us to remember from this is, was the word, okay? The word. Anytime in this passage when you see the two words, the word, together, you need to know that they're talking about Jesus here. It's a nickname for Jesus. If you fast forward and read verse 14, you'll see why that's true. But it's, uh, so in the beginning, think creation, was who? Jesus. And that is the way that John wants to start out his biography of Jesus. Let's we'll keep going. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word, who's the Word? Jesus. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through him all things were made. In fact, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness, I love this phrase, has not overcome it. So it's in this moment in history when God decides to come into the world like the kids described this morning as a human baby, a man named Jesus, the word becoming flesh to make his dwelling among us. You know, sometimes as Christians at Christmas, we get real excited about celebrating the baby Jesus. Maybe you remember Will Ferrell and Talladega Nights, and he's like, you know, eight pounds, six ounces, newborn infant Jesus. Um, like maybe you just picture the baby Jesus and that's the one that you picture all the time. But listen, God didn't go to all the trouble of becoming a human so that we could wrap him up in a diaper and put him in a manger for all of eternity. No, and John wants us to make sure that we don't miss the fact that this human is the creator of the universe. That is the Jesus that we talk about at Christmas. The same guy, God who puts flesh on. And so John kicks off his biography, not by introducing Jesus as a baby, but introducing him as a creator, as a mighty and powerful God, the God. And he came into a world of darkness to shine light. Look again at verses four and five. It says, in him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So in biology, you know, like plants and animals, life is dependent on light. That's true in nature. The sun feeds plants, and the plants feed everything else. That's how it works, right? And I think it's really cool that in the spiritual realm, the same thing's true. Light and life are, are, are interdependent on one another. And, and that God's presence, his very presence, is described as light. And all through the Bible we see that. In the very uh, first verses of scripture, what's the first thing God creates? He says, let there be light. And if you fast forward all the way to the end, to the book of Revelation, it says that the presence of God among his people is so brilliant and so radiant, it says that there is no need for the sun. That is the brightness in the presence of God. And he's always there. And so it's not just a cute metaphor. It's an actually like a, it's actually it's like something in the spiritual realm that we need to understand. The light of God is his presence. And the theme of God's light breaking through the darkness of this world is something we see all through scripture. Basically coming into a bad situation and making it right. And there's some other words that we tend to use along with light and darkness. And those words are truth and lies. We'll get to that. But in him, was, in, in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind, and the light is shining in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So 
this isn't just like a little nightlight. Anybody got a nightlight in their house somewhere? Um, I should put one in the bathroom all the time, everywhere I go. <laughs> this isn't just a little nightlight. This is like this big strobing lighthouse, like rescuing us from the dangerous shoals crashing on a beach so that our boat doesn't crash. You follow the analogy? This is life-saving light. This is not just a little guide, and it's not just something that we can, you know, tune into every now and then when we need to put out good vibes and say, hey, you just want to feel better about life. God is good. Now, this is like eternally significant change of environment for our soul. And I think there's some other places that say this a little bit better is in, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. I got it on the screen. This is what Peter says. He says, and you are God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who, what did he do? He called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Or another place that we see it is in Colossians chapter one, verse 13 and 14, it says this. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. That's a heavy phrase. And he's brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And so this isn't just a cute little nightlight. This is a, a spiritual environment altering state of being. It's an opportunity for us to be in the presence of God and he calls us near. And many people treat the message of Jesus like it's a fairy tale that we can just think about every now and then and meditate on at Christmas and Easter and maybe you've got cute stories and cute songs and cute books. But man, it's so much more than that. Two weeks ago, we talked about how the Christmas story is a war story. If you missed it, go catch it on our podcast or on our YouTube page because it's so big because Jesus is this frontline warrior for our soul. And then last week, we talked about the Christmas story as a political story. Not like government politics, though there's some of that in there, but more like the influence and the power and the position that God places on us. He says, I care about you, I love you, and this is the thing Jesus came to do politically. He came to establish an upside-down kingdom, a kingdom where humility is valued over pride and where generosity is valued over greed and where love is valued over conquest and winning and grace is valued over judgment and forgiveness is given to people who could never pay for it but that God himself would come down and pay the price for. That's the significance of the Christmas story. Jesus is the light of the world. He's our chief warrior on the front lines of a spiritual battle, and he's a king of an upside-down kingdom, of which he invites all of us to become citizens of. That's huge. That's major. Can you believe that's the story these kids told up here this morning? <laughs> they did. He lowered himself so that he could help us be raised up. One, one of the first things I do when I'm helping someone work through uh, growing closer to God, you know, trying to fix things in their life or do something different, is I try to encourage them to expose the lies. I say expose the lies, it's important. Uh, you might remember this from studying for the SAT. Truth is to lies as, dark, as light is to darkness. There's a comparison there, there's a correlation. Truth and lies are a pair, and light and darkness are a pair. And in the same way that you shine light on something to reveal or expose darkness, the same thing happens when we shine truth onto lies. And so it happens in a couple of different ways. I think the first way it happens is that sometimes we learn that the things that we fear are just not as real as we think they are. Or the things that we believe are just not as true as they think, as we think they are. There are lies in the world. For example, uh, last weekend after the spaghetti dinner, I came into this gymnasium. It's a little bit dark in here right now, so it'll help you kind of get the vibe. Uh, we needed some chairs, and I had a helper. Maybe you met uh, Malin Cartwright. Uh, she's the sweetest little thing. She's four years old, and she's my best friend. And so uh, we were, we were she, she, I was like, I'm going to get some chairs. And she's like, I can help you, Chris. And I'm like, all right. And so she comes in here, and this, is, this room is dark, okay? 
And I don't know for sure that she fully understood that we were at the same place where we have church. Like she walked in and she was like, we can't go in there. That is scary. <laughs> and I was like, it's okay. And so she's grabbing onto my leg. And I'm like, it's okay. And so I turned the light on and she goes, oh, it's just church. It's fine. <laughs> when we shine truth into lies, it helps us understand that the thing that we thought was true is just simply not true. And that God has something better for us. And maybe that's something that you need to know this, this year at Christmas is to know that like, there's something you've been believing, you've been living for, and it's just not working. Maybe it's because it's a lie. Maybe it's because God has something better. And maybe what we can do is begin to shine God's truth on that. There's another way that truth and, and, and light kind of work to expose darkness and lies. Sometimes there are dangers in front of us. And God's truth can help reveal that so we can avoid the danger. It's actually why we know about sin. It's not because God's a fuddy-duddy stick in the mud. It's because like, no, this will hurt you. Like, don't do that. It reminds me of this summer, the same story actually when I was in Georgia with my family. One night my kids were out and they were walking down this trail. They had headlamps on and this copper mouth snake was in the trail. And woo, they had the headlight on so they saw it. You had never seen my kids move so fast. They were like, yeah, I was like, I got two little girls. Um, I don't, I've got a boy and a girl. Um, but it was, it was a lot of squealing and I looked and I saw it. I was like, oh wow, yeah, I'm not. Here's the deal. Isn't it good that they had lights on? Yeah, because that copperhead would have messed them up. And the same thing is true with our life. When we understand the truth of God and it begins to expose the darkness and the lies of this world, we can see the snakes laying in the trail all over the place. And you know what we can do? Go the other way. Go completely around. Take a different path or get a big, you know, shovel. And chop its head off. Because that's what truth does to lies. The light of Jesus exposes the lies and it illuminates truth. And the more we know about the light of God, the more we can work to make this world a better place. Because did you know that God gives us the permission to reflect his light to everyone else around us? How many times have I read this passage? Matthew chapter 5, 14 through 16. You, Venture Church, are the light of the world. You know a town built on a hill can't be hidden? Neither do people put a light, light a lamp and put it under a bowl, but instead they put it on a stand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. So in the same way, let your light Shine before others so that they can see your good deeds, but give glory to your Father in heaven. We become a mirror that reflects the light and the truth of God. And the more we walk that path and the more we shine that light and the more we live that truth, the more the people around us can see it. And they say, I want to be part of that. I want to avoid those snakes. I want to be not scared of the dark. And I want to know the God who loves me. Please tell me about it. Christmas is all about reminding us of that light. Let me wrap up with a simple challenge for all of us. Christmas is, uh, is it six days away? Hey kids, is it, is it six days till Christmas? They're not listening. Yeah, okay. Five, depending on how you count. I don't know. Six days. You got a week. I got a challenge for you this week, as always. Every week we got a challenge. Here's your challenge. Let's put it up on the screen. This is our challenge. Shine light into one person's life this week by telling them a truth of God that will extinguish a darkness for them. Take that in, that's a lot of words, okay? You might need to take a picture of it. Shine light into someone's life this week by giving them a truth that will expose a darkness for them. Have you ever been so lost in a darkness in your life that you couldn't even see it? But did your friend come and shook you and was like, dude, stop! 
Don't you see how this is hurting you? Don't you see how this relationship is bad? Don't you see how this situation is killing you? Like, don't. And so you can be that friend for someone this week. And so maybe it's a family member that you're gonna see this week over the holidays and they're in a dark place. Maybe they're going through depression or pain or confusion. And you could shine that light. Maybe you write them a card. You send them a text. You give them a phone call. Maybe you're gonna see them in person and you can sit down with them and say, hey, I want you to know I see what's going on. And I'm sorry. And I hurt for you. And then tell them a truth. Tell them about what you see and how God can help them come through that truth. It's baby steps with some of your friends and family, I know. But those baby steps add up. Or maybe it's your spouse. This is gonna get close to home. But you know what I notice a lot at Christmas time is that we tend to be really aware of our money or lack thereof. And maybe, maybe your spouse is feeling real broke right now because the, the ends still aren't lining up and we, well, we gotta do all these Christmas things now and buy people presents and how are we even gonna do it? And maybe you can be the one who speaks up to your spouse and say, hey, listen, babe, we don't need money to be happy. The treasures of God are not the treasures of this earth. In fact, those things rust and break and you can't take them with you. But we've got other treasures and help them see the truth. We've got family, we've got our health, we've got our church family, we've got food, we've got a roof over our head. These are the truths. And expose the lies that finances are what runs the world. Because yeah, it might run Wall Street, but it doesn't run heaven. Expose the lies. Or maybe it's a neighbor of yours that you have and it doesn't seem like they have anyone right now. Um, no one's been over to their house in a while. You didn't see anybody at Thanksgiving and you kind of get that they're alone. You know what? That's a dark place. You could shine light on that. And you could walk right over this afternoon, knock on the door and say, hey, you got plans for Christmas? You want to come join us for dinner one day this week? Bake them some cookies and take them over. You notice that their grass got pretty tall this summer? Offer to do some yard work. Shine light into their darkness by just being the love of Jesus in his hands and his feet. And you see how taking the opportunity to shine light into someone's darkness begins to shift their worldview and it shows them the way to Jesus. Now, eventually we've got to get to a point where we're talking about more details of Jesus, but so often we skip the easy stuff. We walk right at people's door. This is like some churches do this. It's like they lock on the door and just like, hey, you want to go to hell? I didn't think so. Like that's not how you start a conversation about God. Start by taking them cookies. Let them know that love is real. Let them know that truth is, is available. Let them know that light shines and let them know that you're one of the people who has it. Shine the light into someone else's life this week by telling them the truth that will extinguish a darkness in their life. The light of the world has come and he's called Jesus. And we get to reflect that light. In the beginning was the word. And the word was God and the word was with God in the beginning. And through him all things were made that is made. And without him nothing is made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Merry Christmas, guys. Let's pray.